Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. Okay, here we go. Are you all set? Are you sitting upright in your chair? Very nice. You've got your Subway sandwich as usual. Very good. You're all set on that side. I'm all set on my side. I like the way the uh, the needles are bopping. Keep them at that spot. And we'll be all set. I'll give you the uh, three S's. I'll give you the uh, countdown. You give me the music. I'll give you a podcast. That seems to be our modus operandi. Been working for 265 episodes. I don't see why it shouldn't work for this. All right. Are you set, my friend? Very good. Here we go. Three S's. Star. Smile. Strong. All right, here we go. Three, two, one. Hey, it's Elton Jim Toronto, and this is Captain Podtastic. And welcome to another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com. Or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. And don't forget, listening to this podcast is not your only responsibility. It's your job to get out there and tell the world about it as well. So send a link, send a message to your friends, your family, anyone that you know who listens to a podcast. Tell them that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and devotion and that little extra effort is much appreciated. And who knows, you may even get a nice little sticky star. Also, if you like what you hear, whether you're a long-time listener or new to the podcast, if you'd like to hear more, don't forget, you can hear previous episodes by going to WGNRadio.com. Go to the podcast section, click on the prompt for this podcast, and you will find, hopefully at least... I know I've done them. Whether in that vault, I don't know. But I know there are previous podcasts in there. If there are all hundred or 265 back there, I don't know. But at the very least, you can go back there and hear what we've talked about in the past so you can be up to date with what we talk about in the future. As I get my podcast abacus out, if there are 265 episodes in the vault, then this must be... Episode 266. And I'm very happy to uh, announce that for episode 266, I have a, a frequent and original contributor to the podcast, Mr. McKayler, making another appearance after uh, a long absence. Uh, welcome, Mick. Good to be with you, buddy. And uh, I thought it would be uh, uh, fun to talk about uh, an interesting Little story that once again appeared the last time you were on a couple of weeks or a couple of I mean about a month or so ago, right? Was about the Rolling Stone um, 500 greatest albums of all time, right? That they ranked, and we noticed that there was a cultural shift as to what was great and what wasn't so great, right? And uh, so then, lo and behold, Rolling Stone just put out a list of the best 50 sitcoms of all time they love their lists magazines yeah, love their lists 
Well, it gets people talking. And oh, sure. And well, sharing their, their favorites and all that. Well, look at what it's doing right here. Yeah, here we go. We're, we're, we're biting into it. We're hooking in. <laughs> and the funny thing is that for years I've been um, complaining about how um, irrelevant and how uh, Rolling Stone really at this point is just a, a mere uh, you know figment of what it used to be, uh, a mere shadow of its former self. And yet sure. uh, suddenly I find myself... <laughs> quoting Rolling Stone quite a bit now. So I don't know what they're doing. There's certainly, if you read the magazine, uh, there, to your point, there's definitely a shift in terms of, of focus and who they're aiming it at. Yeah. And their point of view. Exactly. Yeah. Which, which makes sense. But at the same time, mm-hmm. I, you know, I mean, I, I could literally page through that thing in five minutes, but every so often uh, they come up with a nice one. Yeah, well, this this sitcom list was interesting, and what I want, and the reason I thought it would be interesting to talk to you about this is because uh, we, when we talked about the five hundred greatest albums, as you had mentioned, you know, the, the 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 change in or the shift in kind of audience and perspective, there were a lot different albums that were on the list that used to be on the list that they've done in the past. In fact, the number one album. They now they claim the number one album of all time uh, is Marvin Gaye's uh, "What's Going On," mm-hmm. which uh, in the previous incarnations of that list of the greatest uh, albums was always uh, Sgt. Pepper," right? Which showed up at like twenty four. <laughs> kind of dropped a little bit, yeah. <laughs> but what I what I was so intrigued about, I when I saw this headline, fifty best sitcoms of all time in Rolling Stone. I before I even turned to the to the feature in the magazine, I was already thinking, oh, you know, it's going to be either some of these newer shows or some of the shows that were on perhaps in the uh, like mid nineties because or Will Will and Grace, yeah, because you know it's going to be more tailored to people now in their mid twenties or early thirties, and Mm -hmm. so certainly some of those vintage shows because we're talking about all time we're not talking about the last 30 years the last 20 years we're talking all time so we're talking about going back to the you know the 50s sure i mean that's 70 years worth of of television and network tv offerings and now we got the cable yeah right services so i really assumed that you know uh you know the the number one show is going to be gossip girls (laughs) (laughs) or younger yeah right yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you know, so I I was not based on what was the you know the the other editorial stories of what they were telling me the great, the best music was right now, mm-hmm. of which I knew none of the artists and none of the songs. I could only imagine, and once again, not even maybe even uh, more recent shows, but also you know in the last you know fifteen or twenty years now, there's a heightened uh, uh, you know excitement for shows like Full House. Right, oh, uh, which is like the worst show on modern television. Family, modern well, not family. even modern family. I'm talking about going back, like you know, or or well, Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air. Sure, you know all those shows that used to be on, like say in the late '80s, early '90s, on a Friday or Saturday night, when you know ten to fourteen or fifteen year old kids didn't go out because they didn't have cars, mm-hmm. so they stayed home and watched these really bad shows. But now they are the memories that 25 or 35-year-old kids have 
Right, that's what they embraced. Yeah, because that's what they grow up on. We yeah. were out and about. So, I mean, I, did you ever, for instance, did you ever watch Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? No, I'd see the commercials every once in a while. But again, like you just said, I was u- usually out, and it just doesn't seem to be it was something in my wheelhouse. So yeah. nothing against Will Smith because I've liked no. him in movies, but I just was like, no, that's not for me. I mean, I mean, even uh, even like shows like a Growing Pains uh, or like you said, a Full House. Those were like, well, that's not really kind of what I'm into. Or like so. Charles in Charge. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Or Joni Loves Charge. Yeah. Right. <laughs> You know, so uh, I was like, I, so as I as I turned to, I looked in the table of contents, and I looked, I, I turned, I was on my way to page forty six, where the where the feature was beginning. I was not really. I figured, oh, this is gonna, I'm gonna, I should really take another one of my blood pressure pills. You're you're, you're worried about the glaring omissions, right? uh, yeah? Because I could, because like I said, I could already see. You know, I mean, I, <laughs> at the very least, I would say perhaps it would be friends. Yeah, if there was going to be like a a show that even was a little bit older, but at the same time, you know, is embraced by you know the I don't even know what generation we're in now. Are we Generation Y, Z, Millennial? Right. I don't know where we're at. But um, well, I, it's funny you mentioned Friends because when I saw the list and made my notes, it was thirty eight. Yeah, I, I mean, I was shocked. So I was really surprised. Yeah, so I I I I go to I get to the page and I turn to it and lo and behold it says, you know, on the on the first page, you know, the the 50 best sitcoms of all time. And much to my surprise, and it was just the front page, they they dedicated just this one page, the first page of the of the story to the number 1 show and it was The Simpsons. Right. Now that is to me that was a shock in that first of all I don't know about you do you consider the Simpsons a sitcom not really you, you know, know it's no it's I mean it I, is I guess in theory it's about a family it's a situation yeah, it, comedy but it's animated right and it's animated and so there's that um, I think the reason that The Simpsons got to number one was because of its longevity. Because, yeah, I, I, I'll be honest, the first, probably the first six seasons of The Simpsons, I never missed an episode. Oh, you and you couldn't. Yeah. I mean, it was that important in oh, the sure, pop culture you know. sh- uh, world. Yeah. And then after a while, it kind of faded out on me. But the show continues. They make news when they bring in special guests, whether it's a music star or an actor. Uh, it's almost, I thought about Friends, it kind of reminds me of, remember when there would be guest stars in, on Batman that weren't guest films? Right, that would just be right yeah. Up, like they would Batman pop out of the window. The rope. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, oh, I want to be on that show. I want to do this. Hello, and, citizen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and, and I think sometimes The Simpsons has gotten to that point. But look at that longevity. It started in 1989. It's still around today. So it's like, well, there's been more than one generation that's grown up with The Simpsons. Now, so. do you watch it now? Not anymore, no. No, I, have, I, I can't even remember. Now, I, to your point, I was, I, I mean, I literally remember watching the first episode of The Simpsons. Which mm-hmm. was kind of that that Christmas episode with the with the dog right, with little with Santa's little helper. Yeah. Santa's little, and I do remember because I did enjoy watching uh, the Tracy Ullman show. And if you sure, remember, that's the, where the cartoon featured started. Yeah. yeah, that was the Tracy Ullman show was a a half hour uh, television show, and The Simpsons actually um, originated as little 
what maybe one or two minutes at the most. Yeah, just little vignettes and little yeah, little bumpers in and out of commercials and things. Uh, And but it it turned out that you know Fox at that point was a fledgling network. And they were willing to uh, look for any kind of, you know, original programming. And certainly there were some pretty big names behind that. Um, you know, uh, you know James L. Brooks, who had made a, a career earlier in television with the Mary Tyler Moore Show and, and uh, movies and movies, you know, you know ter- terms of that. endearment. Um, right. And then, uh, as well as people like uh, Sam Simon, who was involved in Taxi. So it mm-hmm. certainly had a pretty good pedigree. Uh, and to but to exp- to have expanded it from you know these one or two minute little bites to even a half hour was was a pretty uh, bold kind of move for them to say okay. Um, right. And if you, I mean, think about think about how controversial the Simpsons show was in the late eighties and early nineties. If you remember schools banned kids from wearing Bart Simpson t-shirts. Right, and there was even uh, the first George Bush said that I want I want families to be more like the Waltons and not the Simpsons. Yeah, I mean it was... There was that whole controversy. There was such a cultural, uh, you know, such a different uh, mindset at the time. I mean, now, uh, you know, the, the Simpsons is, 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 is tame. Yeah, I mean, you think of, you think what followed after it, like whether it's Itchy and I mean uh, Be- uh, Beavis and Butthead, yeah, or, you know, or or Itchy and Scratchy, yeah. or no, I mean, no, no, no. Uh, what's the other? What are the those uh, other? South Park, yeah, South Park, or South what were the Park, other yeah, ones? Yeah, uh, Ren and Stimpy, you know, shows, right? Yeah, Ren and Stimpy, all those kinds of shows. You know, it's like you're right. The 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 factor has certainly been goosed up quite a bit. But like I said back then, yeah, I remember, yeah, the Bart Simpson thing. In fact, I, a friend of mine, his sister-in-law was a teacher at the time, and and I do my Homer Simpson voice every <laughs> once in a while for it. He would just drive her nuts. He said, "I can't stand that show," you know, because she knew <laughs> what influence it had on the kids, you know. So um, and now yeah, that was back in the day, in the early '90s, especially. I mean, now Bart Simpson, he, I mean, he's not even. Uh, it's not even. It, 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 he doesn't even um, conjure up anything. No, nothing as far as rebellion or, no. you know, like you said, controversy of any kind. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I, I, think, I just think the longevity thing and being around and, uh, you know, it, I think that really had the, the reason for it to be number one on the list for the sitcoms. Well, too, I think, I think what you also have to look at with The Simpsons, and it probably, to your point about the longevity, it really, I think if, if you were to go back and, and watch – the show from its beginnings. And like I said, I haven't watched it in, in probably more than 10 or 15 years to be honest. I mean, it's been on for 32 years now. It's crazy. Um, but, uh, but at the same time, I think that, uh, that the show really, what it, what is, uh, perhaps its greatest asset is it was a, it, it, and continues to be from what I understand, because every so often you hear about an episode that did this or did that, it really, it really is a time capsule because of the references that it makes mm-hmm. to the current, whatever's current, right? And, so and social commentary, yeah, as well as making, uh, you know, uh, to your point, uh, you know, social commentary and and uh, observations and 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 things about the, the the our times today and our times tomorrow. Um, it's it, there's no question that the writing on the show uh, has always been top notch. 
Yeah, very clever. And uh, But as I said, I guess in my mind, because it's animated, I never mm-hmm. would have thought I don't – I think of it as a I, – I guess I put – I put it in another category, like an right, animated, sure. as opposed to a sitcom. But I guess, um, I mean, it has every, it has every attribute of a sitcom. Well, you know, and you talk about you talk about cartoons. You say you think of Flintstones, Jetsons, right? But I you know, exactly, stuff like that. you know, South Park. I put those all in. Right. A different, but I guess I guess in this list they certainly do not make that differentiation. No, they embrace it as yeah. a sitcom. So that was interesting. Yeah. So so okay. So and and once again, having been, oh, I don't watch The Simpsons now, but I certainly was. I mean, I had you know, I had a whole. I still have, uh, you know, on my Christmas uh, tree, I have I have a, a Homer Simpson doll that I put in a Santa coat. Okay. I still have. So I still have some remnants of my Simpson. I wasn't a Simpson <laughs> crazy head. But right. I certainly embraced The Simpsons when it was a uh, a new show, and really was cutting edge, and really mm-hmm. was you know. Um, so, but here was the here was the thing that really blew my mind. So now I turn the page, mm-hmm. which is which is fun to do in a magazine. You can't do that sure. online. That's right. <laughs> Got to get texture here. here. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, scroll scrolling is fine, but there's still something <laughs> cool about turning a page. Mm-hmm. And I was shocked when I started because then I, I so in my mind I'm like okay okay Simpsons are okay number one okay okay you, 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 I'll I'll go with you there but still I'm thinking Gossip Girls is number two then mm-hmm. you know and I look at page forty seven and I start to see this list of you know the of photos of this and I see number two is Cheers. And number three is Seinfeld. And number four is I Love Lucy from 1951. Right. They went real retro there. Yeah. <laughs> and then All in the Family is number five. Number six is MASH. Number, number you know, a 70s and 80s show. All in the Family, another 70s show. Cheers, an 80s show. Mary Tyler Moore, number seven, a, a, mm-hmm. a 70s show. Number eight. One of my favorites and our favorites. I mean, that's how we met, basically, because of our uh, our shared uh, love of the honeymooners. Nineteen fifty five, the honeymooners. Well, that's and, and think about how crazy that is to be in the top ten in today's world in this magazine, right. which is aimed at a whole new generation, a a politically correct generation, a cancel culture kind of generation. I mean. Every episode, you know, Ralph Cramden threatens to punch his wife. Mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> but the other thing about the honeymooners and, and and friends, you know, fellow friends who you know love the show too, they all agree though. There's a universality. There's always the conflict between you know Ralph and money, Ralph and his wife, you know, uh, Ralph and Norton and their friendship. There are things there that, despite the years that have gone by. It's like we still have those struggles ourselves and we can identify them, whether we agree with Ralph, you know, threatening to send Alice to the moon with bang zoom or <laughs> right. whatever, you know, so. And, and, uh, and, and, and just like Archie Bunker in all the, because once again, I mean, you cannot deny the, 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 the influence uh, that, that all in the family and, and, and the transitional uh, effect that, that all in the family had 
on once again on not only television network television but on the culture where it was actually after after you know 15 years or so or say 20 years if you're going to go back to 50 that show uh, premiered in 1971 um if you look at you know it was always this kind of idealized you know most sitcoms presented this idealized view of the family uh view of 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 everyday life yeah. Uh, you never, you know, the, you know, on Leave It to Beaver, you didn't talk about abortion. Mm-hmm. You didn't talk about rape. You didn't talk about right. unemployment. We never knew what we never knew what Ward Cleaver did for a living, but he always had a job. Yeah, and he always <laughs> came home dressed nice. Yeah, and there were no issues about race. Yeah, you know, sex, uh, religion, the sex thing, the religion thing. Uh, and again, you can look back at that and see. Wow, you know, look what was going on then. Whether it was Nixon in the White House, you know, where Archie Bunker, you know, supported him so much. Vietnam, you know, you know, in Vietnam, exactly. So again, there are things that are kind of dated there, but they're the kind of things that we can look at today and say, well, people are still arguing about yeah. politics. Yeah, the sad a good president. Yeah, the sad part is, if you watch reruns of All in the Family from 1971, right, 50 years ago, sadly, yeah. the same problems and the same issues that they are talking about then we are still struggling with race and prejudice and abortion and equal rights and women's rights i mean it's 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 really you know we may sit here in 2021 and think we've come a long way and then when you watch that show there's been no progression. There's been very little progression. I mean, there has been a little progression because, uh, you know, I don't know if Archie would have ever voted for Barack Obama, but uh, <laughs> he would have been a Trump man for yeah, sure. Yeah, no kidding. A Bush man for but sure, my point, know? my point in with the honeymooners is the same way to your point that even though Ralph was very boisterous and very pig headed uh, and very, uh, you know, verbally, he never did hit. Alice, let's 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 put that on the record. He never did hit her. He was right. fer- certainly vi- uh, uh, you know uh, verbally abusive, I guess, in today's standards. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once again, that was very reflective of the times in the fifties. Mm-hmm. Um, that wasn't that you know this whole idea of, of the man being king of the castle and 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 yelling at his wife. That really that was the re- the reason why people laughed at it was because they saw themselves in it. It was exaggerated. Right. For a comic effect, but it wasn't to out out of the realm of reality, right? Well, the other part too is if, if um, you know a person say thirty years younger than us, which is look, look at the honeymooners now, they see the universal conflicts, but they'd also be going, why doesn't Alice have a job? They don't right. have a kid. <laughs> right. That apartment takes about ten minutes to clean. Right. <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah, she's got to cook a because she would never, he would never allow her to work. That's right. Except when she was the Krausmeyer's baker. My career is kid. stuffing jelly into donuts. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, it, like like I said, it's just, it, the, the list is interesting. Uh, I wanted to get to. I just wanted to finish one. I just wanted to finish one quick. But the yeah. thing is that just like all in the family, and just even though Archie Bunker was bigoted. And 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 uh, narrow-minded, um, and just like Ralph was a loudmouth and, mm-hmm. like I said, maybe ver- verbally abusive. If you watch the show, the fact of the matter is that the show always makes them look like they're wrong. Right. They always get their comeuppance. They are not being celebrated. 
Right. And that's the thing that's important so that you, you, you don't just, you know, younger people might look at the show and say, oh my God, this is disgusting and, and I can't watch it because look how verbally abusive this person is. Look how prejudiced this character is of Archie Bunker. But what you have to take the show, then you have to watch all 27 minutes of it to yeah. see that at the end of the show, Archie isn't right. Right. And and he may and he may not learn his lesson, but we are seeing how bad his behavior is. With Ralph, he many times he does. He will see and he will always end the show as much as he yells at Alice, you know, for 20 minutes, most of the episodes end with baby, you're the greatest. Yeah, he he comes around, he sees the light. So there's, I guess you'd say, like an ending or a moral. And it's funny you mentioned those things because I wanted to talk about Seinfeld. You know, Seinfeld was number three on the list, and you know, I, which I, I expected it to be number one. I mean, or at least certain. I thought it would be higher than three, to be honest with you. Yeah, I could see that too. But you know, a couple of years ago, there was a conflict of you know, oh, they took a handicapped person's parking right. space, or Jerry and George tried to get Jerry's girlfriend drunk. So very that that show is very un, uh, politically incorrect. Incorrect. Well, the thi- the thing is, and this is years ago when I saw um, Seinfeld in concert. I think it was uh, after the the show had been on for a couple of years, and he took some questions from the audience at the end of the show, at the end of the, of the concert, and one of them was because George was out of work. And somebody asked, is George going to get a new job? And Jerry looked at the guy and said, why would you hire him? <laughs> and, then, and, then he, and then he brought up, and, and you look at the, all the episodes, same thing. These are four self-absorbed people, and more often than not, they're not the winners. At the no, end. exactly. You know, they get their comeuppance. And, and that's, that's what I think is so important because it's easy to have a knee-jerk reaction Mm-hmm. To, and to something they see, and just see the initial, and, and just see the characters, and hear what they say, and say, "Oh, this is terrible! This is terrible!" It's like, no, no, okay, but now wait to see what happens. These people do exist in real life, but they these people are not being celebrated necessarily. They're not being brought up as any kind of role models. Right? They are being shown that they they that that George ultimately. I mean, let's face it. In the finale of Seinfeld, whether you liked it or not, they end up in jail. Yeah, for a year. They're going to do a year in <laughs> because of because of their yeah. self-absorption. Yeah, they are yeah. literally jailed because they are so self-absorbed that they that the uh, that they you know they 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 don't even help somebody. Right. And the other thing I wanted to mention about Seinfeld, and this is a while ago, I saw Seinfeld being interviewed where he talked about the four levels of comedy. He says, you can make your friends laugh. If you can make strangers laugh, that's level number two. Number three is if you can make strangers laugh and make money. The fourth level is if people imitate you as you're being funny. Look at Seinfeld. I I can't even list all the cultural references. Unbelievable. That that show brought up that we have to this day, whether it's regifting or shrinkage <laughs> or yada, 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 or sponge worthy. Or yeah. Whatever, those things are around to this day. That's why I think another reason why that show was so high on the list. It's like, wow, people are still talking about this stuff. And again, that show came out in 89, you know, originally. And, and even though it ended in, what was it? 90, 98, no, 98. Uh, was it, yeah. Oh, sorry, 90, I'm sorry. Yeah. 98. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay. You know that's twenty four years ago now, or twenty three years ago. That it's and, think about that. It's been off. Yeah, <laughs> it's been off for twenty three years. 
Right. <laughs> Not and, and the, the last thing I wanted to point out about Seinfeld that I really admire, Jerry knew when to stop the show. Oh yeah. I mean they they, they offered him I, I don't know if it was like crazy. I don't know if it, it may have been literally. This is not even an exaggeration. Somewhere between thirty and fifty million dollars to do one because that you know at that point they used to do twenty some episodes. It was almost mm-hmm. two and a half or three million dollars an episode. They, yeah, I mean, he, he just, turned that down. That's unheard of. Well, and, and I, he was one of those who recognized you know you always want to leave it before you're like, is this still on? You know, right. because like you mentioned before in the episodes or the the, the, the list of shows, okay, MASH, okay, MASH, oh. MASH was on fumes for years. Oh, God, MASH, you know, <laughs> the funny thing about MASH was I when, when MASH first started in the early 70s, I was a big, I mean, MASH was, MASH was another show that, that really was very different mm-hmm. from anything that was on television at the time. Sure. And even as a young kid, I was a big fan of MASH. I mean, I, mean, I don't even know if I got all the references because I was so young. Right. But there was still this, you know, between Al and Alda, there was a there was great chemistry in the cast, and and you know they made fun of uh, you know of, of of Frank Burns. I mean, it was still some even if you didn't get the 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 warlike or the, even the fifties kind of references, there was still enough there that you could get it, you know. But I right. remember, um, so I, I I must have been in like fourth or fifth grade, and there was um, there was a TV column in the Sun Times. And the guy's name was Bill Granger, who I just think believe passed away a couple of years ago, actually. I remember him, yeah. Yeah. And so he had this column and he and I've been reading the newspaper since I was in third or fourth grade. I've been I love the newspaper, although I not anymore, because there's really not many <laughs> newspapers read, yeah. around. Um right. but anyway, uh he wrote this column and he said um I he wanted uh kids to write reviews of their she's uh, you know, I'm sitting here writing reviews of these shows. Mm-hmm. I would like to hear what kids think about you know what's their favorite show, whatever. Right. So uh, once again, I I mean I wanted to I wanted to get involved in the media from when I was a little kid. So I was in about fourth or fifth grade, and I wrote into this thing, and I wrote about Mash. Okay. Now here was my tell you how uh, this is how wrong I was. <laughs> my prediction, right? Because Mash. When, when did McLean Steve? It was it was he only? It was only like was the show only on for like one or two seasons before he left? Right when he took off, and then eventually, uh, and then um, Harry Morgan. Right, but that. Uh, but my point is, he he was only on for two or three years, if that. Right, right. So I write because now he had just left. Okay, and I was not a fan of Mister Potter or or, or, or oh, Colonel Potter. Colonel right. Potter. I didn't. I didn't think he fit on there at all. But anyway, but he wasn't really on right away either. They had remember Frank Burns was kind of the head transition of, to it. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so uh, so McLean Stevenson had just left, and so here's me. So here's now once again, I am not without opinion, <laughs> even when I was eleven. Sure. I McLean say, Stevenson leaves, and you write. Yeah. So I sure. say the the uh, the popular show Mash has lost its popularity. <laughs> McLean Stevenson left, and so did the humor of the show. Uh, it, it lasted until 1983. Ben. Yeah, it, it lasted about ten years later. It's only a cultural icon, right? Big, biggest uh, the yeah. farewell episode, one of the biggest ever watched. Yeah. You know, still, that. still, yeah, yeah. Oops, yeah. oops. But they <laughs> well, did. You, but he did print it. He did print it. Right. Well, the reason I mentioned Mash because, like I said, I, I, I'll tell you the year they should have ended that show 
The season where it started when Radar left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because everybody started leaving. Right. And so he leaves, and it was that year that all of a sudden MASH became a democracy. Oh, I... Where every character right. has glib lines. Yeah. Margaret's makeup is not. Nice. Oh, my. Margaret. Margaret looked like, I mean, hot lips. I mean, yeah. these, let's, let's remember, these people are supposed to be in, you know, the, the jungles of Korea. Right, and she's all glam. Yeah, I mean, she looks. Yeah, I mean, she, yeah, she looks. She's got makeup on. She's got a makeover. Where did she get all this, all this makeup and her hair curled? Right. Yeah. So anytime I see a mash rerun, if it is after yeah. 1979, I'm like, well, I'm not going to watch it because it's a show that stuck around too long. Way too long. You know, and and that's one of those that did that where it's like again, like I said, go back to Seinfeld. He recognized, hey, you know, and and he, and to be honest, even with Seinfeld. Even that that last season, the only good episode was the Festivus episode. Yeah, no kidding. There there really wasn't a lot of good. There were there were, you know they went from the um, muffin tops to the pudding skin. Right. It's like guys, you're scraping the same <laughs> right. stuff out of the pot. Right. And yeah. Like I said, I think Jerry recognized that. But like I said, Mash, I think it went on way too long. And like I said, after '79, it's like that's well, the end of it. To your point, I I don't even know if I lasted that long. I mean, I'll be honest with you, uh, even though I, 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 I proclaimed to the entire city of Chicago that the popular show MASH is losing its popularity, right? and it, it certainly didn't, um, I, to your point, when, 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 uh, when I see the helicopter mm-hmm. at the beginning and the music yeah. is playing, if I don't even see Wayne Rogers' name on there. Oh, so you're even more old school. Okay. I was never a big BJ B. Honeycutt fan. I, I liked him at the beginning until he kind of got like Hawkeye where he had his little cause. Yeah. Oh, he, he got, got so wimpy. Years. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, he got so wimpy. But I really, I, when I see Wayne Rogers, when I don't see his name on there, and certainly, it's really, it's really funny that you mentioned that. When you watch the beginning of the show, when you show, when you see the credits, you know when it's going to be bad. If you see... William Christopher's name, Father Mulcahy, yeah, on the credits at the beginning. You know it's horrible because, as, as opposed to an also ran, yeah, added in at the end of the credits. Because right? usually yeah. when the show was good, the, the the credits would show Alan Alda, Wayne Rogers, Loretta Swit, Larry Linville, and McLean Stevenson, yeah. and then maybe the original ones, maybe Barry uh, Gary Berghoff, right? But it didn't go deep into Klinger. Or Father Mulcahy, right. or some of these other guys, they would be on at the end where they would say, "Also star," you know, yeah, like yeah, uh, extra features. And yeah, like at the very at the end of the yeah. show. Yeah, so but that, that was a show that stuck around too long. And I want to mention another show, and it didn't make the list, which kind of surprised me. But it's another show, a more modern show that I think stuck around way too long, and that was Big Bang Theory. I now, I mean, not only because that was one of the things I wanted to talk about. I I, uh, I just wanted to give you the top ten before we, sure. we start to talk about that, but um, yeah. So I tell you, I was so so number eight was the honeymooners. Now here's the first. This is what shocked me. Like I said, I was very impressed with this top ten because mm-hmm. I was not seeing, uh, you know, a uh, you know, fresh Prince of Bel Air, 
right. or some of or these shows Grace. or a Will yeah. and Grace or something in this top 10, I'm like, you know what? I could look at these this the, at this top nine because number nine then is Parks and Recreation, which I think is a good show. I think I think number nine is way too high for it. Yeah, I put it in the 20s somewhere. Probably. I do watch it, and I did enjoy it, but I think mm-hmm. that's one of the shows that has gained a lot since it's been since it's been gone off the air. It's it's grown in legend because uh, mm-hmm. it, it I, it's it's like this generation's Seinfeld. Right. You know, if Seinfeld was of the 90s and the, uh, you know, then this was kind of like, uh, you know, the offshoot of that. Now, what, and then number 10 was a big shocker to me. Once again, one of my favorite shows of all time. Number 10, The Larry Sanders Show with Gary Shandling. So I I was like, wow, when I looked at the top 10, I'm going Simpsons, Cheers, Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. All in the Family, MASH, Mary Tyler Moore, The Honeymooners, Parks and Recreation, and, 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 and Larry Sanders. I say to myself, I got to tell you, out of the out of those top ten, I've only got a problem with one of them, and I do watch that show. It's not like right, I go, so, "Oh my god!" Yeah, well, it was funny because I, I I was happy to see Larry Sanders in the top ten too. The only thing is, when you talk about omissions, I think this is Gary Shandling's show, which was the best yeah. show of the eighties belonged in that list too. In fact, after Gary Shandling died, I remember Bill Maher that week did his show. And he said, here's a guy who had the best sitcom of the 80s with it's Gary Sandler's show, and he had the best one of the 90s with the, uh, with the Larry Sanders show. Yeah, and, 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 uh, and to your point then, uh, talking about some shows, first of all, earlier in our conversation, you, you referenced Modern Family. Yeah. Modern Family not on this list. Right. Which was surprising in that, uh, first of all, I would have to think that it, that has been one of the most popular shows of the 2000s. Absolutely, yeah. And, family and, gathering one. Yeah, and, and to me, I think it's still funny. I still watch those reruns. Um, so that shocked me. And, and think about modern family. Once again, when you think about the way how fast, especially in the last 10 or 15 years, how our culture has changed. And uh, modern family is right in the wheelhouse of the blended families, the younger wife, all that stuff. And that's what surprises me is because when it, when it um, debuted – in the early, you know, in the late 20, uh, 20 aughts, I think it was maybe, uh, you know, maybe 2008 or 2009, um, you know, it was somewhat revolutionary to have a gay mm-hmm. couple, as you said, blended family, divorced family, uh, you, know, wife, you, know, whole, you know, the whole, whole thing. thing yeah. Now, when you watch Modern Family, you don't even think it was controversial. No, now you look at it and you say, you know, it's yeah. like when you watch the movie Network, the movie Network, if you watch it today, it's like what was so controversial yeah. about those TV shows on that Howard Beale show. Yeah. Same thing with Modern Family. It's like, well, my neighbors are just like this. What's the big deal? Now, I think that Modern Family, um, in terms of the hip factor, while it, when it first came on, it was kind of this hip show, but I also think that as time went on, it lost its hip factor just because it did fall in for many people in front of people's minds it it did fall into kind of a formula right and a pattern and it, it, it while initially it was kind of groundbreaking in what it portrayed as time went on it didn't really move much 
Right. It, it kind of, like you said, it was more predictable. Yeah. I kind of knew where things were going to go because I watched that show quite often myself. Yeah. And I still watched the rerun. So I was surprised at that. But to your point about Big Bang, I mean, first of all, um, you know, whether you, whether you like the show or not, that show was number one mm-hmm. for almost 10 years. Yeah. They had a great run. Absolutely. So for that not to have made this list, and especially. When you look at you know someone like Jim Parsons who who has a lot of uh, credibility and respect, he does Broadway. He's you know he's openly gay. He, you know he he works for you know gay causes. Um, so he certainly has a uh, has has developed into this kind of uh, you know Hollywood uh, you know kind of someone who's respected. Right. And so I'm just surprised that a show that was on for that long, whether you liked it or not. Whether it was cutting edge, uh, you know, comedy or not, you cannot deny the success. The success. Now, to your point, I do believe that that was a show that went on way much, too, way too well, long. And, and again, what happens? And again, like I said, I mentioned it with Mash. I always say this: comedy is not a democracy. But you know what happened is because of that popularity, because they're always number one, and everybody's making so much money. You know that some of these co-stars, besides Johnny Galecki and um, uh, Jim Parsons, the other like, well, why am I not getting more lines, or why am I not more in this? And I think the writers knew, well, geez, we better come up with some stuff for these side characters. If you watch after the year that uh, the last one of my favorite episodes was the one when Howard got married, I love that episode, <laughs> you know. And that was a great season ender, by the way. After that year, after that season, if you watch that sitcom. Almost every scene, you've got almost every character in the same room yeah. getting in their lines. Right. It's like, no, no, no. Because yeah. as I always said with Bing Bang Theory, the best, the best couple was uh, Penny and, um, and Parsons. And, oh, uh, right. Exactly. Well, yeah, and I think they realized that, too. Yeah. Later. Know, uh, yeah. It's, it's like, in fact, I always said in real life, that would be the couple that would end up together. Right. Not, you know, yeah. not him and, and Amy Farrah Fowler. But like I said, all of a sudden it became a democracy. And same thing you were talking about with MASH. When I'm watching Big Bang Theory, as soon as I see what year it is, well, oh, Howard's married now. Up, oh, yeah. not interested. And yeah. I click off. Yeah. Howard! So, Howard! <laughs> <laughs> So, um, but but so then I so after seeing the top ten and being shocked at how it was to in my mind very representative of some of the best in 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 television and did not just try to cater to today's young crowd but actually right, in a and way their trends and their tastes yeah. yeah I'm actually thinking that when they put this together they may have been saying to people hey folks you, you know young people. Use this list as something to do some homework on, right? And learn to go discover these shows rather than just, um, you know, giving you what you want to read and what you want to expect to see, and just confirming and validating what you like. They yeah. actually looked at the. I, so I give them a lot of credit for actually, uh, you know, putting so many shows that I guarantee you, people in their twenties and thirties don't even know exist. Right. Or if they do, they've certainly never watched more than one or two episodes. So then right after number 10, once again, we come in with Dick Van Dyke, another 60s show. You know, black and white TV, black and white TV, Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is one of my, I'm one of my all time favorites. You know, Frasier, you can't deny the the success of Frasier. That's going to be actually, they're rebooting that again. 
uh, the whole cast is going to get back together. Uh, but once again, you know, Frazier went off 20 years ago. Was off the exactly. air in 2004. So right. that's almost 20 years ago that it's been off. You know, yeah. another it's 90s. Like, come, come back and look at this. Exactly. Yeah, you know, uh, Andy Griffith again, another 60s show. Uh, then we've got uh, Arrested Development. I can't argue with any of these. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've got uh, the Cosby Show at 16. We've got 30 Rock at 18. Taxi, one of the great, I think, underappreciated comedies. It was on for quite a long time, um, but I really never, I didn't think, it. W- I never thought it got its due. And here to be in number 17. Uh, a good, a good ensemble cast. Oh, my goodness. Know. Yeah, I mean, you know, and, and Reverend Jim alone. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Roseanne was very groundbreaking for its for, for its time. Um, then you start to get, uh, you know, number. Now, what I really thought, because I remember walking around about five or six years ago and suddenly I'm seeing kids, young kids in their 20s with T-shirts Mm-hmm. That say Dunder Mifflin on them. The Office, sure. And so I'm like, okay, wait a minute. What? what where did this? You know, don't forget. Now the Office went off in 2015. Yeah. Right. So to me, in my mind, that's an old show too. Yeah. <laughs> but suddenly I'm going. Well, why are these kids in their 20s wearing Dunder Mifflin shirts? Mm-hmm. And then I soon after that find out and read. Ah, the Office is now on Netflix. Right, so that's another thing they can stream and get into. Now, here's the and, thing. And, the and, Office has been in syndicated reruns while it was even still on. Mm-hmm. That show has not been off the air since it's been on the air, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. So you could have been watching reruns of The Office, not only when they were on, but old reruns while they were still showing first-run episodes. But for the last five or six years... It's been on TBS. It's been on, you know, it's always been on. And yet right. it just goes to show you where the younger people are not watching their local, uh, you know, Channel 9 for the reruns. Right. They're they not watching Netflix to watch. Yeah, they're yeah. not watching TBS. So the, while those shows were on, they don't watch that. But once it got into Netflix, yep. it became, and now it's, I mean, now, you know, I mean, Pam and Jim are like the you know, are like the Sam and Diane of Cheers, right? Or the Ross and Rachel, you know? Yeah, and so uh, I thought for sure that the U.S. Office version might even be number one because it is mm-hmm. such a that now the the younger generation has has you know, embraced that show. And once again, think about it: it started in the early two thousands. They those kids today who are twenty in their twenties, they were ten. Yeah. So they weren't watching The Office. No, but they picked up on it, like you said. Yeah. Netflix, you click into something, and you know how it is at Netflix. It's so easy to binge watch anything. Yeah. And just keep following episode after episode. So there's a benefit right there. You know. So I would I and I don't want to go through all fifty, but I would urge you uh, people to to go online and just look up uh, Rolling Stones fifty. Uh, best sitcoms of all time and look over the list because you'll be surprised uh you know like i said there are some like i said that i was surprised to see i'm not surprised like for instance to see south park and but i was really encouraged the fact that there were more older shows that were in the sweet spot that were in the not even the sweet spot but in the upper echelon sure whereas like for instance you would have thought like a show like veep which is a very good show 
right. with you know with a with a female lead of Julia Louis Dreyfus. You would think, given once again our cultural shift today, well, that show and and that show did win. You know, she won countless Emmys. That show won countless Emmys, but that still comes in at number forty four. You know, I thought about that too, and I looked at the list, and I thought, you know what? Maybe some people right now are so sick of politics. Yeah, right. even the, the, the mocking of it is like, okay, just put that to the side, and maybe we'll get to it another time. You know, and, and getting back to the omissions, the the one that I had issues with. Uh, well, first of all, double double check the list. Happy Days didn't make the list. I was just gonna, I've got I've got a list of omissions too, and Happy Days <laughs> is on my list of omissions. Yeah, and, and and again, now here's another one. I mean, with the funds. Okay, again, maybe I'm just old school. As soon as they went to the live audience, oh, terrible, lost me. Yeah, those first, those first two or three seasons when they were on film. Oh, right, great. Yeah, you know, and that. But the other one for me was Scrubs. Where was Scrubs? See, now that was now that was a show because I know that you liked that show, and I was I was I thought you were going to mention that. I was shocked to see that because Scrubs was certainly very popular. Uh, while it was on, and then even in reruns, right, and then it disappeared. And I and I really thought it was going to be one of those kind of cultural shows that that wasn't wasn't always, you know, immensely popular, but had this kind of real loyal and regular viewers that that with time it would raise its uh, you know its 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 personality. And I was shocked to see because here's the point. Okay, where was Scrubs, which was a long, you know, very popular cult kind of thing as From well. Two thousand on, yeah, did well in the ratings. It's not on this list, however, and this is another part of this list. But we got a show like Community is on this list. Yeah, I didn't understand. And that. and Malcolm in the Middle is on mm-hmm. this list, and it's always yeah. sunny in Philadelphia is on this <laughs> list, and yeah. um, and what else? Uh, uh, you know, I was shocked to see, uh, and there's some that you would expect. There's some, I mean, you know, Brooklyn nine, nine is on this list. I, I, I tried to watch that show and I was like, okay, I'm missing this one. Yeah. I, I'm not, it's not connecting with me. So, you know, a good place is on this list. I know that's very popular these days, you know, Ted mm-hmm. Danson and that whole thing. But, uh, there, so there were a lot of shows that I thought were kind I mean, I was happy to see, to be honest with you, even though it came in at 49, I was impressed once again and happy to see Barney Miller. Well, it's funny you mentioned Barney Miller because if you ask any big city police officer which television show out of all of them, NYPD Blue and all the uh, uh, Law and Order, all those. They, you ask them what, what what TV show best depicted what goes on in a police department, they will tell you it was the Barney Miller show, even though it was a comedy. Right. They said, that's the one. I have one other question for you, and that is, was Sex and the City a comedy? You know, I, I was just going to say that. That came in at 36. I don't, I, I would never, I, I, I'll be honest, I never really watched that show. No, I didn't watch it much either. But I, I mean, I watched it for the shoes. I watched it for the shoes. <laughs> of course, you want to keep up on your yeah, chimichus, yeah, my Jimmy Chews and things, yeah, bangs. yeah, yeah. But uh, but I never really watched it. I tried. It was it was just it was just a little too much for me. But but was it fun? I don't. Yeah, I I would never have classified that as a comedy. But I believe it was when it was nominated for Emmys. I think it was in the comedy category. Well, the only thing I could figure out about it was you know we talked about Friends before. Okay. 
the people who loved watching Friends, especially when it's, you know, when it was on, you know, regular before it went to reruns, you know, young people watched that and said, I want, I want to be like that. I want, yeah. I want to live in this condo. I want to live in this house. I want to have my pals with right. me. I think Sex in the City, and of course, mostly with women, it was obviously big because women were like, well, wait a minute. I want to be like Carrie Bradshaw. I want to be like Miranda. And I, and I want to, I, want, I aspire to that. But like I said, I don't put it in a comedy. I, I and, and, and you can't, it was like you said in, in the awards, but I, it's yeah, something that no, I never, I, I never viewed that. that. I would never have viewed that as a comedy, but I have to say, I believe to your point exactly um, that the the obsession in the last fifteen or twenty years, once again, with women and shoes, right, is definitely, and the whole idea of this walk-in closet with a wall of shoes, yeah, that yeah, if you have your apartment is dedicated, yeah, to if you clothes. watch any you know HGTV now, every every you know house has to have a walk-in closet <laughs> with you know with with room for you know a, a thousand pairs of shoes. There is no question that that was directly influenced by Sex in the City. Absolutely. Well, what were some of the omissions that you were Yeah, so I'll tell you, with every list, with every list, you There's first... Always, well, again, keep in mind, we're only talking about 50 shows. Yeah. If you would have done, like, the top 100, some of the stuff we're talking about yeah. would probably be in there. But what, what were some ones where you're yeah. like, wait a minute, where's this? So every list is, 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 is interesting to read what's on it, but then what's more interesting is in when you say what should have been on it. What, 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 what was missing? Right? <laughs> so I almost have 50 more. <laughs> but here's, here's some of my glaring omissions. Okay. My, um, my first glaring omission, because it's one of my favorite all-time shows, is The Odd Couple. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's with, a, with, with Tony Randall and Jack Klugman. It, it, now, to your point, there, what's, what's very interesting about some of these, con- these sitcoms and in any show, but a lot of times sitcoms, and if you watch them for long enough in reruns and close enough, you see this. You really can see many times how shows evolve. Yeah, and, and, and develop, and characters develop, and, and comedy does. Yeah, and, and, and you could see how the writers and the producers and even the actors realize, okay, wait a minute. Like, for instance, the Dick Van Dyke show, it's really hard, and the sh- that show almost was canceled after the first season. Mm-hmm. It's very hard for me, and I love that show, and it's 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 one of the all time great shows. But the first couple of seasons are very hard for me to watch because basically, you could see that the show was originally pitched as the the home life of a comedy writer for a big show, which is basically... Right, domestic issues, things like that. Which is yeah. basically Carl Reiner's life, who created right. However, so it's a lot of Richie stuff and mm-hmm. Laura being jealous and Laura, right. you know, and Laura and Millie and, and, and once again, and Rob and Laura, as you said, these domestic issues, which to me were, were kind of exaggerated and overblown some of them are very funny i mean the one where laura you know there's a you know opens up rob's mail is a classic oh yeah with a giant with with a giant raft but all of a sudden if you start to watch the show in its linear kind of presentation you realize that by the third or by the third season i think certainly the fourth but maybe the third the emphasis is away from the home right and and it's more in the office with buddy and sally and, yeah. and 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 
you know, the home life is there. But I tell you, if you want to talk about child abuse, Richie, I mean, I don't even know who watched this kid. Well, well he, he was abandoned. He, yeah, he, I, mean, I don't he, even know. He gets in his hamburger and he goes to his room. I, I never heard of a babysitter. Rob and yeah. Laura are gallivanting. They're 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 at uh, they're in cabins, fancy bars, and yeah. malls, and, and shows. Yeah, they're out. Richie's like Richie. Richie was the original latchkey. Kid. Yeah, unbelievable. <laughs> but they realize same thing. The first couple of seasons of the Mary Taylor Moore show, show the the classic one from the seventies, impossible for me to watch. It's all mm-hmm. about Mary has a date. Lo- right. Mary and, and Rhoda have a date. Uh, yeah, and men then troubles, all and, that. and then about yeah, men. Tr- oh. Ugh. <laughs> then suddenly the show shifts and the show basically takes place in that newsroom. Exactly. And that was the place where it was interesting. And then the it was developed. And it was Ted Baxter and it was Mr. Grant and it was Sue Ann and Nivens Murray. and Murray. And then, and it was, and the show opened almost after from 73 to 77, that show almost every episode, the first shot is of the newsroom. Interestingly exactly. enough, think about it. Mary Taylor Moore on both of those shows. I wonder if she said, you know what? We need to get into the, you know what? We have, you know, this is, we, there's how many, Forget how many about these, my personal life. Yeah. How many, how many, how many bad dates can I go on? Exactly. And so I yeah. find it interesting that she was, she's the common thread in both of those shows. And so, uh, with, um, with the odd couple, it's the same thing. What's interesting is the first two seasons of the odd couple are filmed. Like you were saying, right. And it's then the show is it even uses the same set as the film almost. Yeah, exactly. Same set of an apartment. And, all and that. so and the show in the apartment. Yeah, the show itself is 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 very much um, uh, uh, almost a a, a a a rerun of the film. It yeah. feels like the movie, the characters, and then what, like you said, in this case, it's just the opposite of Happy Days, where Happy Days was better when it did not have a live audience. Right, and it was self-contained on film, and was just filmed like a, like a show. Yeah. That's when the Fonz became was really cool, and that's when the show was very true to its fifties roots. When it got in front of a studio audience, they played to the audience. And the they sh- played to the Fonz thing and all that. And the show had nothing to do with the fifties. It didn't feel like the fifties anymore. No, everybody had longer hair. Yeah, it just it was, they, lost all its authenticity. Yeah, their yeah. whole concept. The I, the irony is an odd couple. The show got better when it got in right. front of a live audience. Yeah, there was better reaction, and yeah. the characters worked better with in front of a live audience. You're exactly and they, right. They, and they they did exaggerate to great effect, I think, for the sake of entertainment. Sometimes, you know what, going over the top is fine. Mm-hmm. And 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 what was good about that when they got in the live audience, Felix's finickiness and Oscar's sloppiness were elevated. Yeah, they were accentuated where it's like, wow, you know, now, now you're getting the reaction from an audience. Yeah, two ridiculous extremes, but it was funny. It still yeah. was funny. But yeah, so the odd couple was mine. Now, right second, you know, once again, we're always tracking, Mick. Second on my list was Big Bang. I was surprised it wasn't on there. I'm not a yeah. great fan of it, but I was surprised it didn't make the list. Yeah, like, like I said, just all that popularity. I mean, like I said, Friends, you knew had to be on the list because look at them all those years. Of it being so, I was surprised deal. Modern Family wasn't on. Okay, um, I was surprised. I was never a fan. I don't think I watched more than two episodes to be honest with you. And one only because Elton John was on one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I was never a fan of Will and Grace. Right, but and that was another very popular show, especially in the nineties. Very popular. It, they did a reboot of it, and once again, for its time, it was very groundbreaking. Of you know, mm-hmm. a gay guy living with a straight woman, and then the other, right. you know, the other gay character. 
but I was never a, a huge fan of that. Um, another one, I had Scrubs on there. I had Happy Days. If, in my view, if you're going to put the Simpsons on there, how do you not put the Flintstones on there? Well, it's funny when you were talking about, about the animated stuff before. When you mentioned Ren and Stippy, and I was like, "Well, wait, there's the Flintstones, right? There's the Jetsons, you know." <laughs> yeah, I was surprised about that. Another one that I was always a favorite of mine and was groundbreaking for its time was Soap. Oh yeah, I, I was yeah, surprised that maybe Soap wasn't on there. Um, I'm a big fan of 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 shows of the '50s. I loved uh, Phil Silver's Sergeant Bilko. Sure, and I, I thought very well. I thought that would have been on there. I'm also a big fan of Jack Benny, so I thought that would have been on there. Now, what, Police Squad was not on there, right? Mm-hmm. No. Now with Leslie Nielsen, that was kind of a takeoff, kind of on of of Airplane. Right, and, that was the, the mock up, like the movies. Were, yeah, right? and I I always thought that you know from a cutting edge thing, I thought that one would have been cool. I did have why it's Gary Shandling show to me, in many ways, is almost even better than the Larry Sanders show. Yeah, again, another groundbreaking show, something different. Uh, I think maybe that's the kind of show that belongs on, like you said, like a Netflix, because maybe people would appreciate it more after that. You know? I was surprised that Get Smart wasn't on there. There's one. and In fact, actually, I had that written down. I forgot to mention that one, but Get Smart was very, very good. I'm surprised that if you're going to, once again, if you're going to go with The Simpsons, the irony was that Family Guy is not on this list. Mm-hmm. And yet, Bob's Burgers is well, and it's funny too because there are people who will who will poo poo the Simpsons but love both those shows you just talked about. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So that surprised me. Um, now, to your, now we talked about uh, the idea of um, of like 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 was Sex in the City a comedy? Right. Here's one that I think would be viewed as a comedy, but it, but I wouldn't view it like that. Was Wonder Years. Yeah, I can see it. Well, you know what? That was, but there was that heart to it. There was that learning to it. Um, it was funny in a lot of spots, but I think it's kind of one of those, what do they call it? Sometimes they call it a dramedy. Yeah. It's like drama and comedy. And but I, I just think, once again, if you look if you look at Wonder Years, because they're actually making a new version of that now with all African-Americans. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, that show was, I think it would still fall in the comedy. I still think it was, it was considered a comedy, mm-hmm. um, you know, in terms of like at least the Emmy awards, but think about the influence that that show has had in terms of that whole kind of idea of narration, mm-hmm. you know, the black, Stalgia. blackish has that, right. um, uh, the Goldbergs, uh, Goldberg, as I say, Goldbergs has that again, looking back and yeah. remembering things. Right. So I, I really th- I was surprised that wasn't on there. Now. Well, once again, I would have to say of the two, I would pick this one. How could the Munsters not be on there? <laughs> I mean, the, the the to me, I will always say, and I say this half jokingly, but half not. Fred Gwynn, yeah, playing that character of Herman Munster, right? To have been playing that character in that makeup. Yep, and the, and the shoulder pads and the whole thing. But to have you know, he, so he's this big, you know, you know, gruesome looking guy, and yet he gave that character a a a childlike portrayal right. that was so unique. Because <laughs> and that's another show. If you watch the early episodes of the of the Munsters, they they played completely different. And once again, there was there was clearly over over the summer. When the writers got together, someone said, okay, wait a minute. And you can always tell. The first season, because that show was only on for two seasons. 
Yeah. Which is amazing. The first season, or into the first season, Herman was like Frankenstein. Yeah, exactly. He was dark. The, 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 the makeup was even meaner looking. Right. And they played up that he was this mean, gruesome, not necessarily mean, but he was this scary monster. Daunting, yeah, exactly. And then there's something happened. There's I don't know remember I don't know what episode it is, but suddenly the makeup is a little softer on Herman, and suddenly he goes, Oh he's right, or darn, 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 Yeah, darn, he's darn, joking darn. around and he gets childlike. And when he gets right. childlike, those episodes are amazing. And I have to say, he he cuts through that makeup, which is and so from an actor standpoint, I have to say that's an you you might say, oh, what are you talking about? No, no, that's a that's an amazing acting job to be able to to make that character right, transcend that to like a different character. Yeah, through that makeup, makeup, right? You know, and so I I mean, once again, it was only on for a couple of years, but I really do think that 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 show. I don't believe it should have been in the top ten, but you know, I, you know, more I think. More than it's always sunny in Philadelphia, which I've never. Uh, like, like I said, I, I think this list should have been a hundred, and there'd still be some that we'd say are omissions or what's this doing here. But I, I think a top hundred would have been better than a top fifty, just because again, you're talking about the expanse of years between the 1950s, yeah, 70 years of television, and again, a lot of the shows you brought up are legitimate odd couple. There's one I should have thought of. I was like, my God, are you kidding? I watch that show all the time. Yeah, every Friday night I was tuned into that. And know? think about this: the other, well, the other one too. It's in the same vein. Uh, it was a little more hit and miss, but still iconic in its in its characters. The Adams Family. Oh yeah, sure. Now here's one yes, that you spoke French. <laughs> now, one that surprised me: the, the original Bob Newhart is on this list, but not the not the one after that. But not the '80s version, which right. I thought for its time, mm-hmm. and that's another show. Once again, it's impossible to watch the first two seasons, right? And then because they they're playing it straight, yeah. You know, even though the Bob Newhart character is kind of this fish out of water. The somebody they they in a writers mean they said wait a minute and suddenly Bob was the only normal person in this crazy town filled with a bunch of eccentrics and so you had Daryl Daryl and Daryl and you had and and every all they, they they elevated the goofiness. Of all the characters around him, and he and they played had good, they had a good ensemble cast, and he too. played it straight and looked, you know, did his stuttering and looked like, "What are you talking about?" And they were so outrageous. And think about it, for for I would think it makes this list for the last episode alone. Yeah, when he goes back and ends up with Emily, yeah, because basically <laughs> that episode, the final episode of the Newhart Show, not the Bob Newhart Show, but Newhart right. in the eighties is pretty much universally accepted as that is the greatest final episode yeah, the best series finale ever, of any exactly. of any uh, sitcom. And so I right. thought even for that reason alone, even though I thought <laughs> it was uh, it was a good show when they decided to shift it. And so there's so many shows that the um, even uh, everybody loves Raymond. Mm-hmm. Which that, that was kind of low on the list. What was it like it was thirty yeah. fifth, I think it was thirty fifth yeah. on the list. Yeah. On the list, but once again, for me, I when I when I when I'm on my program guide, I will not watch any Raymond episode if it says like the little description mm-hmm. before two thousand. 
Okay, yeah, I can see that too. Be- In fact, it's it, it's funny you mention that because there's another show. It was about the family, like you know, his little kids and him, right? But but putting in that involvement of the you know with Robert and his parents, it was much better as time went on. They okay? became then those kids. The thing is, you could see the way the show the show was pitched, mm-hmm. and because because it, once again it was based on his humor as well. It even says based on the comedy of right the the, 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 the domestic life, yeah, and all that kind of stuff. And it was like oh this uh, this guy with twin you know three kids and twins and blah blah blah, and the first. A year or so, it's all about their domestic life, and who cares? Right. The key was get the mother and the father, get Doris, uh, Doris Roberts, and Peter Boyle Boyle in here, and and get Robert in there, and Robert, and then and when you watch the 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 shows from 2000 through when it ended in 2003 or 2004, whatever it was, or maybe later. Those kids are as off screen as yep. Richie Petri is. They were they were always going over to the Parker's. Yeah, house, yeah, you know? yeah. So, I so, mean, so Ray, Ray and Deborah could have sex. You right? didn't even <laughs> see those kids anymore. They were they were, and that's when the show got good. And once again, there was clearly a shift in focus, and they went, "Wait a minute, this is not the show. That's the right. show. The newsroom on Mary Tyler Moore. That's the show. the The writers' room on Dick Van Dyke. That's the show." Mom and dad coming over. That's yeah. the show. Well, it, it's funny. As long as everybody loves Raymond, I wanted to bring up one other point. And this is the the one thing I really admired about Ray Romano was he was so generous. I mean, obviously, he could whatever he says goes as far as the sitcom goes and what goes on it, even though they had writers. The episode when um, Frank and Marie bring back the toaster, the, the Christmas <laughs> toaster. Yeah. If you watch that episode... The last five or six minutes of that show, Ray's not in it. Yeah. Deborah's not in it's it. It's just them. Robert's not. It's those two. And again, going back to what you were just saying, there is the humor. There's the, even the conflicts between uh, Frank and Marie Barone. It's like, how generous are you that you let, you're not even on screen. You're just letting funny be funny. Well, I always, if, I, if I ever met Ray Romano, I would tell him, boy, just that episode alone showed me you knew what worked. And what should be on a show, what shouldn't be. Well, and this is a perfect example, and I try to tell this to people, you know, when you're watching these kind of shows and in other situations. Ray Mar- Mar- Romano did it. Jerry Seinfeld did it. Just like I said, uh, Bob mm-hmm. Newhart did it. Um, toward the end of the show, uh, the reason why the Andy Griffith show got good was because if you watch, once again, the beginnings of the the, the, the early... I mean, they're, they're still funny, but when they realize that Andy is not the focal point. Right. Andy is the reactor to Barney and the Otis. Conduit, and Barney's the, Barney's the one you're just going to get the laughs. Yeah, but... but, but, but and, as you, and even then, when you watch later on... Andy becomes the only sane person in Mayberry. Right. And now exactly. we've got Barney and Otis and Ernest T and yeah. Aunt B. And the They're fun girls. Yeah, and then later on we've got Goober and Gomer. You know, all those people and Andy sits back and just reacts. And the same thing happened J- Jerry Seinfeld. If you watch the early Seinfeld episodes, some of them are very hard to watch. Right, because they're about Jerry, and then the click comes on. Wait a minute, it's Kramer, 
it's how it's it's George, it's Elaine, it's the chemistry between all four of them. The shows don't have to revolve around Jerry. And once exactly. again, toward the end of that show, Jerry basic to your point about you know how many times there's some episodes where Jerry's hardly in it. Or if he exactly. is, he's got one or two lines. It's George and Kramer and Newman. Right. And 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 that's the brilliance. The, the the brilliance of that is with Seinfeld and and Romano and Newhart, they realized I don't have to be in every scene. Right. I don't have to be the focus. But you know what? Same thing with Andy Griffith. But you know what? My name's on it. Yep. And so you know what? When when people, it, when people laugh, they say he's so funny. And he and did you see Seinfeld? Did you yep. see Raymond? Did you exactly. see Newhart? Did you see Andy Griffith? You know what? At the end of the day, who is getting the money? Exactly. Jerry Seinfeld, not George Costanza, <laughs> not Kramer. And, and what name's listed in the top three? It's Seinfeld. Right. The Seinfeld show. So right. Jerry Seinfeld was smart enough to say, you know what? I don't have to. I can let, and you talked about generosity. You talked about realizing who's funny and how, you know the goal is i think in those in all those situations those people were smart enough to say what makes this show better yep. as opposed to what makes me look better exactly it's funny i mean you mentioned seinfeld i remember he talked about when michael michael richards uh uh did his audition for kramer and he read his part in front of them you know they were before they cast the show and when he was done, for some reason, Michael Richards did a handstand. <laughs> and then he got up and he walked away. And Jerry turned to his fellow producers yeah. and he's like, well, if you want funny, that's funny. <laughs> right. yeah, again, you recognize, you know, such like players on a team. You know, one guy can't always throw the football or run the football or shoot hit the home run. You've got other people that need to make this up. And again, like you said, the new heart and these guys, they were smart to say, hey, Someone else can carry the ball, and I'm going to be the beneficiary of it. All and it's the same way with the Johnny Carson show. Johnny sat yep. there and let his guests, whether it was Rodney Dangerfield or whoever it was, or he Don let Rickles, yeah, he let them be, he let them be funny. But the next day, you said, "Did you watch Johnny Carson?" Exactly. Did you see so and so on Carson? It was yeah. always that. And, and, and again, Letterman was very good with that too. Where oh yeah. Like, hey, I don't have to be. You know, I, I, I'm the one that says, "Hey, here's the star. Here's your spotlight." Go. It's your you show. No, you just realize your name is on it. Yeah. So you're going to reap the benefits, and 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 the one and the people that are smart enough who can put their ego aside and yeah. recognize that those other people on that show are reflections of that star because he's and they put. Make you look good. They right. make you look good, but they're also a reflection of you to say, "Hey, I put this person on that show." Yeah. Exactly. So you know, once again, uh, and at the end of the day, it's Larry David and 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 uh, and Jerry Seinfeld who are getting a hundred million dollar checks when those <laughs> shows are put on live, you know, on streaming services or in syndication. It's not Michael Richards, right? So you know what? At the end of the day, who benefited? Exactly. It's like, hey, I turned it over to you guys. You made me that much yeah. more money. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I have to say. So I was very, now. Were there any other shows that you uh, had listed? 
that you maybe uh, you thought know, should have been? When you were talking, when you're talking about Wonder Years, one that jumped up on me that I, I really enjoyed. I liked um, Everybody Hates Chris, the Chris Rock show. You know what? I tried that one, and I saw it for about a season or so, and then I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, that it was very Wonder Years ish. Right, and, and I think it was a little funnier than the Wonder Years, but it was it kind of reminded me of the same thing. I was a little surprised that that one wasn't on there. Other than that, the other omissions I think you covered. Like I said, that odd couple one, I should have thought of that. <laughs> I, I'm seriously every Friday night. Oh yeah, I, mean, I was watching that show. No, that was the first one that jumped out at me. I mean, I have that on uh, on DVD. What I what I really did is I went back to whatever because I, I I did a purging a few years ago of just a lot of DVDs. Right. Make, I mean, where could you even play them anymore? And, and, but I went to the, the, but I went to the DVDs that I kept Mm -hmm. and these are the keepers and the ones that, and when I looked at the DVDs that I kept were Curb Your Enthusiasm, (laughs) The Odd Couple, uh, It's Gary Shandling Show and, uh, Larry Sanders. So I'm like, okay, those are the ones that are a top of mind that I know I like those shows. Right, you know, and, and and another thing that what I'm what I was glad it was on there, which is really one of my favorite shows. I actually like it's it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a different show, but I really like the uh, the English original version of The Office with Ricky okay. or Ricky Gervais, and right. that's another thing. When you watch The Office, the U.S. version, the first six episodes are kind of hard to watch. Mm-hmm. Because what they basically did initially was take the original scripts mm-hmm. from the episodes, some episodes of the original Office in England, and basically just with this new cast redid them. Right. And while uh, uh, you know Steve Carell is a great comic actor. He's not Ricky Gervais. He, he's, no. they're, they're not the same. They don't have the same. They're just not the same actor or comedian at all. Right. And that show got good when they came back after those initial episodes and said, wait a minute, Michael Scott can be like uh, David Brent in some ways in overdoing it, in being inappropriate, but in mm-hmm. a different way. Right. As opposed to imitating David Brent. We could be his own person. He yeah. could be his. He could be. He could be as inappropriate. He can be as stupid. He could be as pompous, but clueless in a yeah. different. Yeah, clueless, but in a different way that allows Steve Carell to play to his strengths. And when mm-hmm. when when Michael Scott became Michael Scott as opposed to Michael Scott slash David Brent, yeah, then that's when the show took off. And there so there is always. So I was surprised, even though. Um, they're both on there. I thought that those would be a little higher, mm-hmm. especially given how, as I said, that in the last four or five years, yeah, there's so uh, much popularity. Yeah, the right. the office now. Like I said, I mean, my God, I mean, everybody. Uh, mm-hmm. As much as I guarantee you that, because uh, they were talking about even doing a reunion of that, you know, oh, you know, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised in about two or three years if they do a similar kind of reunion like they just did with Cheers, where they Me brought. All yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. With friends, where well, they brought right. everybody back. Now I tell you, sure. I so and before, you know we can we can almost wrap this up. But I want to say, were you surprised that Cheers was number two? Yeah. Um, now again, here's, here's the one thing. Do you remember, Mick? We watched the final episode of Cheers together. Yeah, I remember that. You yeah, came to you that. came to my house. Yeah. Yeah, but 
I mean, there's no question from the first. Ep- I mean, I don't remember if you ever saw Cheers first episode. Sure. When it when I mean when it really debuted, right. when it was on for the first time. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, I watched it, and that show, that episode, for its time. I don't know if I don't I mean to be honest with you. I don't even know if it's, it would still hold up. I haven't seen it in many mm-hmm. years. But all I remember when that show was on, it seemed like it was a half hour of constant laughs. Right. And I went, wow. Yeah, good ensemble cast again. Yeah, all these supporting players. And and that show, there's a show that we talked about. You know, the light going on. I'll mm-hmm. tell you, they knew it from the beginning. Yeah, they had it from the beginning. The, the, the thing I'd say, as far as it being number two, again, I think it probably looks the same way that you look at The Simpsons. There's this longevity. Okay, look at how many years this was like the top show. And, you know, it survived when Diane left, you know, when Shelley Long left, right. you know, yeah. and Coach wasn't there. And there was a lot of durability there. And yet, again, still funny, still entertaining. So I think that might be why it ended up at number two like that. And I also think that it's number two because, once again, uh, this generation, and more power to him, loves Ted Danson. Sure. Well, you he's know. been on so many other shows yeah. that he's had since, even though he's had great success with Cheers, you know, with Becker and all these other shows. But this good on. place, you know, this good place uh, really struck a chord with a lot of people. I watched the first couple episodes. I wasn't all that crazy about it. And then they did this major twist. I never really saw that, where it turned mm-hmm. out that it wasn't heaven. It was actually hell. I haven't seen that show yet. Yeah. I don't know that. But it was, it's very, you know, it's, but so I think that, that Ted Danson in that show also uh played a role because ted danson is just is like now you know the cool old guy right you know i mean he just was on that other show which i don't know if you saw it uh, you know a um, a tina fey production called mr mayor yeah and it right. was all right it wasn't great no it's kind uh, of a poor man's veep yeah really yeah but um but i have to say i was very for, for someone who has been trashing rolling stone for a long time over the last several years yeah. I am. I have. I was very impressed with this list because it did, um, as I as we said at the top, it did at least acknowledge some of the older shows. If you're going to talk about all time, the, this, the, the real old school. Stuff, yeah, I yeah. mean, when you got when you've got a list in the top ten in 2021, where we we are, where we basically uh, this generation, if something is two years old, they forget about it. Right, it's old school, right. And so for a top 10 to have a show that the number one show that first premiered in 1989, to have the second show that premiered in the 80s, to have the third show that premiered basically, if you think about it, in the late 80s, 1989 is when Seinfeld started. Yeah, exactly, the the pilot, right. The fourth show from the 50s, the fifth show from the 70s, the sixth show from the 70s, the seventh show from the 70s, the eighth show from the 50s, and the the tenth show from the 90s, and only one show Mm -hmm. from the 2000s. That's that's impressive because they could easily have, you know, just stacked this with shows. Modern day stuff. More recent. Exactly. That would have really... I think they gave a very fair helping with that. I yeah. really think I, I agree with that. Yeah. So all I can tell you, Mick, is uh, the takeaway from this is go online somewhere and watch The Odd Couple. There you go. 
<laughs> or watch IFC because they run Scrubs reruns. I actually recorded some today. Oh, there you go. Some of the early ones. Oh, yeah. Scrubs is on on Wednesdays. They do like five or six episodes in a row. Run them in sequence. Check that out. Yeah, I mean, Zach uh, Braff, right? I mean, that's where we know Zach Braff from, right? Exactly. That's, that's where he started. Yeah. yeah. So. so. Things to watch, things to check out. Yeah. So anyway, um, the the episode, the uh, the issue came out uh, a couple of months ago, so you might not be able to find that um, on the newsstands. But uh, might be able to go online. Yeah. The, yeah, the list of uh, Rolling Stones top fifty best sitcoms of all time is certainly available online. Check it out. Um, and here's, I'll leave you with this: is don't just read the list, but live the list. Good point. Yeah, experience these shows and see what you think. Most of these shows are available with all the streaming services out there today. Yep. You can find all of these Peacock, shows. Hulu, yeah. Netflix. Yeah, you could find Max, these shows da-da. somewhere. <laughs> and if you haven't heard of any or a lot of these shows in the top ten, then I would, uh, I would urge you, extreme urge you. I don't even know what the word would be. I would imp- I implore you. There's the word. There you go. Thank I implore you. <laughs> you to check it out. And at the end of the day, we'll leave you with this. Uh, Mick, give us a little Homer. Well, I think you should watch all these shows, but Simpsons is number one because I'm very proud of it, okay? Don't! <laughs> don't, have a, don't have a cow, man. <laughs> I, won't, I can't stand the boy. The boy drives me crazy. <laughs> okay there, eat it. See you later. See you later, meathead. <laughs> <laughs> and so ends another episode of Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic. Every Monday, a new episode is posted at WGNRadio.com or wherever you go to find your favorite podcast. We are there. Don't forget, send a link, send a message. Tell your friends, tell your family, whoever listens to podcasts, tell them that your favorite podcast is Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic, and it should be theirs too. Your loyalty and your devotion is much appreciated. Hope you enjoyed episode number 266. I'm Jim Toronto. I ain't here on business. I'm only here for fun. You've been listening to Elton Jim's Captain Podtastic from the end of the web to your screen.